Team Yankee, Fade of a Nation, NARM, and Great World Podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world as it is right now. Mainly about 15 minutes of wargaming, with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pads as flat to the ground, and our dice, more often than not, feign to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop online at BattlefieldHobbies.co.uk because Hammy is being socially responsible and has started actually attacking his lead pile. If nice dice are your vice, then be sure to check out check out DiceOfWar.com.au, our podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. I'm Eddie Fez Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host Duncan, two meters away, Gosling. Where are all the carrots? That's all I need to know. And Lee, 14 days of hobby, Parnell. It's, it's day three of lockdown and already I am going slowly insane, dry brushing. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24, the one with responsible social distancing. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? Okay, so tonight we'll be going for our normal, um, uh, what we've been up to, which is going to be slightly curtailed given the global shutdown. Um, we'll be talking about our new uh, painting competition we're running over, over the next few weeks. Um, we're then going to have a quick feature on the top five tanks of World War II, apparently. Um, go over officers' answers, and then we'll be talking about the complete and utter collapse of the event scenes because there's a virus on. Nah, it's I'm going to override you there. Thanks <laughs> for dead. That's, that's, that's the most right. population. Thanks for always dead because we are. Um, no. I'm going to go straight back to the top five tanks discussion yep. we're having just because I, I... What do you mean, no Stug? Duncan? Well, Stug's an AFV. It's not a tank. And I'm going to point but... out again, again like, that's, that is being um, what we call a structure purist, and that a tank can only be a, a thing with armour, a turret, and a gun. I, I like to think of it as being so, a pedant, but all right. Okay, okay Duncan, Duncan, I'm, yes. I'm going to blow your mind here and shake you to your core. Is yep. an S-tank a tank? No, it's not. Oh, okay. it's not. No, no, it's a self, it's a self-propelled gun, isn't it? No, no, because this is a Flames of War podcast, and it's a tank team. So therefore, a Stug is a tank. Where's Phil Yates? Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so my top five tank number one would be a Jeep. Because that's an unarmored tank team. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like you're not taking this to the ground as it deserves any. He's dark and trying times. Can you at least not agree what a tank is? <laughs> <laughs> I think we found, we found the, uh, the straw. The straw's been found. Uh, the final yeah. straw. That's it. This is going to be like the, 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 the Yoko Honor of, 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 of his group. What brings this group down is not agreeing what actually is a tank. <laughs> okay, all right. Is a tank. Not what the so, best oh, one is. What is a tank? <laughs> all right, no, no, no. Let's let's give it a Flames of War slant then. Okay, because if you're saying ta- armored tank team, then how about that? Because I think unarmored tank uh, team is pushing it to the. Yeah, I'm not okay. having a jeep. That's right. ridiculous. I love, I love how D- Duncan, you hate conflict so much, and yet you play a war game. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but it's it's all about you know coming together. Hands well, not right now. Doing. That's socially irresponsible. Uh, oh yeah, actually, I had to, I had to, yeah, Sorry. I was looking. For, mm, I, I had to modify something at work this week because I suggested using an image of uh, hands fist bumping. I thought mm, oh. it's probably it's probably not the no, no, that's just stupid. Take that way. Yeah, I, 
I, I did laugh. Uh, I was in the shop the other day, and I was ha- lucky enough to be there when they rolled out a, a, a trolley cage full of toilet paper. Um, so just bought one pack of toilet paper, and then there's this old biddy who piled five packs up and was told that you'd only be allowed to buy three because, you know, who need <laughs> 27 toilet rolls is more than enough for one person. How much pooping um, are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> but then I realised realize that they're missing the point. And it's, it's, I'm sitting here going, okay, social isolation. I do have enough hobby to, to stave off probably about seven months worth of isolate, self-isolating in my house. But I've only got one and a half pots of glue left. Yeah, my little factory is Russian uniform. I've got, I'm on the last dregs of my last bottle of Russian uniform. I haven't got Oh, no. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm now starting to become the thing I hate and actually panic buy and stockpile plastic glue. Oh, glue. <laughs> That's quite a unique uh, position to be panic buying in, I think. Well, it's, the, the threat is real. I'm just saying. Mm, okay. So back to the original query. Right. So, so armored tank teams. Armored tank teams. Five. Number five, Duncan. What is your fifth favorite armored tank team? In, oh, this is tough. Wow. Um, I would have to say I've I've always quite liked it's just the T thirty four. Oh. I think I think I think it's just a, a cool looking tank. Mm-hmm. 76 or 85 or any, any T-34? Um, I think the T-34 85 is, 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 is iconic. I think the 76 is cool, but that slightly that, oversized barrel. Is that with, with the 100mm barrels or without the 100mm barrels? Um, <laughs> 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 oh, poor Mark. I didn't even know they were on there. I looked at it the same and I just went, oh, they look chunky. I, could, I didn't work out something was wrong. I just couldn't work out what it was. <laughs> work out what it was. It's just a wrongness about it. It's like Jesus, that's a gun. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I would have to say mm, without the hundred mil barrel on that that occasion because that's just too big, too big. I'm, but um, yeah, T T thirty four, definitely up there for me. Can I? I, I think we're gonna copy you. For the fifth one, however, I would caveat mine, and it's a T thirty four seventy six with bed spring armor mm. and tank riders. Ah, oh, bed spring armor, yeah, that's pretty cool. There, mm. I mean, I know I'm showing showing my my age with the whole V three list with bed spring armor tank rider mm. thing. But they're, they're coming back. They'll be back. They'll they be will back. be back. And I, mean, I found them in the box the other day, and I was like, oh, these guys, they're cool. They were very good. Yeah, it was fun to charge in like an idiot. <laughs> Tactics that would work very well in version 4 now. And just pointing out to our T-34 actual tank, just saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Actual tank, proper tank. So, so Lee, Lee, number 5. Right, so, uh, yeah, because i got T-34 higher on my list, um, basically. Ooh. But um, I, would, I was going to go with the Panzer Free. Oh, so, okay. It's Ooh. obviously, I mean... Particular model or entire chassis range? Just the entire chassis range, uh, but main, mainly focusing on the actual um, turret tank versions. You pads a three hole. Because it's just simply because it's one of those tanks. I mean, it's it's absolutely awesome in the early war phase. It's still pretty handy in the mid war phase, for most of mid war phase, and even in late war, it's still. I mean, 
But go up against its peers like T thirty four and Sherman. Now, if you use a bit of LAN, those um, desperate measures list, you can still get some mm-hmm. good results with a Panzer three. Yeah, it's, it, it was it was a good it was a good chassis. I mean, it, the Panzer four had more life in it, had more scope for expanding it, that kind of thing. Yeah, but um, there's no there's, for an early war tank that went all the way through. It, there's nothing wrong with the Panzer three, in my opinion. Oh, that that it does score bonus points for going through the entirety of, of the war. Yeah, yeah. And it was higher. It's clearly obsolete by you know by 1944. It's re- by ni- by sorry by 1943. It's really starting to creak, and it's just like you have to be, <laughs> you have to be you know pretty balls of steel to take this into up against um, T34 and 85s and that kind of thing. It's through choice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, it's okay. So number f- yours. number four. Number four. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Number four. Hold on, I got to work out what my number one is first. Really. Yeah. <sighs> And I'm playing this by ear. I'm playing this by ear. Now. Yeah. Um, let's go for something British. Let's go for. No, I. Yeah, let's go for the Matilda. Oh, uh, damn the it. Hulking, the Hulking Great Matilda 2. Good. Cause if you said Matilda 1, I'd start laughing uncontrollably at you. Yeah, well, no, Matilda 1 has a perfectly fine tank. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine <laughs> machine gun carrier. <laughs> yeah. Those things are awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love I love the gawky looking little things for, for entirely, but they are you know they are a machine gun carrier with aspirations of being a tank. Just just don't get caught in assault. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because you ain't getting anywhere. Well, no, you you if you break off, you die. That's what I mean. You, yeah, you gently try and waddle yeah. backwards again. Yeah, <laughs> waltzing, waltzing, Matilda. You waltz backwards and then it's just it's it. just pretty iconic as a I think as a tank though. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah nice. Quite a unique silhouette and everything. And... Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it, it, it did fairly well in lease service with the Soviets. Um, it it kind of suffers from not really being good as an infantry tank. It because it didn't have a decent. Um, if, it, if, it, uh, yeah. if it yeah, if you had a, a Matilda with a seventy-five millimeter. Oh my gosh. But that would be it, it would have been like a perfect infantry tank. It had HED with the stuff the infantry were about, plus you know an anti-tank shell. I could deal with, um, you know, any t- tank threats. Was it a two-pounder it had it? A two-pounder. Two oh, so there, there was a CS version as well, but it was a two-pounder. Majority of them were two-pounders. A little three-inch in it. But... Yeah. I believe they should have all been equipped with a three-inch gun left at that, so it could actually do its main job of supporting the infantry. Yeah. The actual well, two-pounder. That, that, that turret just... is so small. Yeah. If you, um, you want to... Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that there's a the Bovingdon Tank Museum have done a whole YouTube series it's a couple of years old now about them uh, restoring their um, matilda 2 okay and they they go through the whole thing and they obviously they're stripping it all down and restoring it and putting it all back together so you get to see all the little bits and nooks and crannies and little the over engineering and and stuff that goes into it for what is an interwar tank yeah um, that's cool yeah and yeah no, it's a really good series i really recommend that one um Ah, oh, good choice, Matilda. Every time now, I keep thinking of things. I'm like, five isn't enough, but we're gonna have to limit ourselves somewhere. I'm gonna cheat because I can, and I can't decide between them. So okay. for number four, I'm gonna go Sherman, Panzer IV, and Cromwell. That's quite a cheat, Eddie. That's that's yeah, that's, quite... that's like most of my top rest of my main top five. Yeah, right. Greedy, I, Jesus. Just, are you because... hoarding tanks? Are you hoarding tanks? Is that what's yes. happened here? You just panic <laughs> bore all the tanks. Jesus. I'm going to say 
you know, from a Flames of War point of view, generic, medium tank. Gen- <laughs> you can't say generic, I, medium I, tank. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call shenanigans. It's like picking between your children. I mean... Well, that's the whole point. You have to at some point. Not all of them can survive. That's why I'm not a parent. <laughs> <laughs> No, in all seriousness, that, 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 yeah, gallows humour. That's that's too much, Eddie. If you want to cheat, you can cheat with, you know. Oh, that's, you just had a menage right. trois right. without right. you involved. Right. I say the entire chassis family, like we did yeah, have the three, but like, that's, that was a <laughs> okay, 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 Shermans. Number four cool. is Shermans. No, but you see, if you say entire chassis family, then you've got the whole jumbo, you've got the easy eight, you've got fireflies. I can't do that to a Sherman. I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tough choices. Sherman's number four. Okay. Um, I am enjoying the fact that you get to a certain. When I first started the the wargaming hobby, to me it was really befuddling the whole A three, A two, cast hole, welded hole, yeah, wet stowage, and 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 I'm kind of enjoying getting to that point where now I'm sort of seeing different manufacturers say, "Oh, we're releasing like um, Rubicon again. Oh, we're releasing the the welded whole M4A1 version." And I'm like, "Yeah, I can tell the difference now by looking at them." That may be a sad geek badge of honor, but it's where you start getting to transmission covers and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a single piece transmission cover versus rooted transmission cover. Well, that's <laughs> you know, you can tell the difference there. <laughs> so yeah okay right number four sherman variants of okay so my number four is for churchill oh i didn't even think about churchill's I feel oh like... well see that's, that's the thing so churchill number four because it's not a good tank or as an all-rounder but it's the absolute epitome of the infantry tank it's the infantry infantry tank at its absolute nadar as it were so you know it's got armor that will stop most things especially when you get to like the, the mark seven yeah. It's got a gun that can do both anti-tank and anti-infantry, either with a, preferably a 75mm, but also a 6-pounder by late war. Um, it was, you know, it does its job. It can it can support the infantry. It's not going to outrun them. It's not going to race them. It's going to stick alongside them. It's yeah. going to whack it up. It's going to take out that HMG nest. It's going to laugh at the pack boy trying to take it out. I mean, if the tank rolls along, it's going to shove a shell into it as long as it's not one of the big boy tanks, in which case it all gets horribly big wrong. Big boy tanks. <laughs> And that's it. So it can't be much higher than that, but simply because it, it, it gets outgunned. You know, it's outgunned by the end of the war, and there's no real solution yeah, to that. Yeah. I mean, the Black Prince being a complete failure. Um, but oh, yeah, that's it, but, as the, oh. Well, a tank that literally can't get walking pace, but has a 17-pounder. Is it basically, it's, even, even the arch is better than that. Um, oh, wow. He's laying some bombs down tonight. I, Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the archer, but you have to admit its limitations. Um I'm glad I suggested this now. Oh, yeah, it's good. We're, we're going to lose so many listeners by end. We are. <laughs> <laughs> hate, yeah, hate mail's going to pour in. I mean, I mean when, already when, when Americans by putting off do, I'm going to slap you in the face, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. So, 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 Churchill. Yeah, Churchill, Churchill. number four. Churchill number four. German, mm. Churchill. Dunk, what are you going for? Mm, 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 mm. Well, I've done my number four. I'm on number three now. Um, what was what? your number four? Matilda. Matilda. Oh, Matilda. Oh, yeah, sorry. Controversial Matilda. I quite like... Big butts and I cannot lie. Two others brothers can't deny. Um, Black Panzers and you cannot lie. 
What the, again? Is it a tank? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say I quite like the carry. I like the quite like the, the what they called the Italian ones. Yeah, the M14s. M14 series. I have a particular um, penchant for the M. Is it M11? That's got the uh, the oh. mounted gun. Yes, the early one. That has, oh, it was like a little me Grant. Yes, I think it is yes. the M11. Absolute Ooh. drivel in game. I think. <laughs> and real life. Um, <laughs> and in real life, but it just it looks it, it just looks cool. It looks cool. It looks uh, you know different. I think the Italians that are you know I think we forget about them sometimes in mid war for tank armies, but the M14s perfectly serviceable. A bit low AT, um, not ideal. Oh, I do know. Cheap, cheap chips. Flames of War version force gives me nothing else. Italian, the Italian army is made entirely L sixes. So yeah, uh, yeah that's not a t- that is not a tank. That is that is definitely <laughs> a tankette. Yes. Well, I think yes. I think it's a motorbike with a, a man stuck on it with a bean can over his head. Um, and God knows why they made a flame version of that. I mean, that's got to be the one of those lethal things. Can you imagine sitting in that with your mate? And this has got a roof <laughs> compared to a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Wind, the wind changes direction. You're ru- you're ruined. <laughs> it's still going well, Dicky. No, um, I, 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 I can see you coming from because I got a soft spot for that M14 as well. I always thought I, it's quite a stylish-looking little light tank. Yeah, I, I, it does the job. Um, you know, like I said it's, it's 80s probably. It's, well, it is almost certainly outgunned already in even in mid-war. Um, <laughs> it's, early it's not war. really. Do you think early yeah, war? Yeah, no, it's eight tank six. It's like even just you know, when you look at. Six pounders out in tank seven, and five centimeters out in tank eight. I mean, mm. most of the it's shooting at is only front number one, so arguably it's not like it's not doing its job, but it okay. is a little bit behind the curve. I think it's just quite iconic as well for that whole desert period, because I mean, yes. you know, you don't, you don't really see the Italian. Well, yeah, they're in on the eastern front, but I mean, yeah, yeah, not for me. Okay, what's your number three? My number three. That's a good question. Um, I haven't really thought this far. Uh, the M4 <laughs> Sherman. M4 Sherman family, basically. Um, okay. it's, gonna be, it's slightly related to what's going to be in number two, but it's just basically because it is one of those tanks that it gets everything right, largely sets the tone for all tanks that follow, and it's even you know, still serving as a, in a main tank role into like you know cold war period like israelis and that yeah well if it ain't broke yeah so my short i think by putting it forth but i just um well you number three well yeah it's a top five yeah i think how many tanks are in world war ii you get to the top five doing pretty well i know yeah let's just establish early now that there are going to be no japanese tanks in this list you say that <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go Comet. Really? The British Comet. You could have cheated then, Eddie. You could have said, you know, the Cromwell, Cromwell series. I would have accepted. No, but you... no, 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 no. I wouldn't have. No. It's not Cromwell. <laughs> it's not Cromwell, yeah, yeah. I tried to cheat. Okay. I got called out on it, so I'm, I'm playing by the rules now. Yeah, but you, you, you try to cheat. I think the trouble is you, you push the envelope too far I on the team. I went big. You went big. You did. So. <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah comet fantastic engine fantastic you know big beefy gun um i've had many a fun game in flames of war with my comets 
and it's just especially in version four because i took them to the carivery not the last one the one before and just having that amount of firepower and the maneuverability you get in version four was just obscene yeah because the dash move is just Oh, the, yeah, at one point we were playing, I, I, they came on scattered reserves on the right-hand board edge, and with a dash and a follow me, they were on the objective on the left-hand corner in one turn. Not a lot your opponent can do about that at that point. No, exactly, especially when you get like four comets turning up and just being like, hi guys, and then obliterating anything that moves. Are they expensive? Because I know that they obviously Flames, Flames of War um, puts uh, an onerous on you know, speed as being... Yes. No, yeah. they, were, they, were, they weren't cheap. Um, but, I mean, they've got decent front armour as well. I suspect so, they will be quite expensive in version 4, like, say, because it, it does put an onus on speed. Yeah. It depends how many, you know, backhanders I slip uh, Phil Yates' way to make them cheaper. Pardon? Backhanders, you know, bribes. Oh. Who aren't familiar with the pearl arts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to uh, to see if I can get them cheaper, but it's just a cool tank. They are cool. It's got a canvas mantlet. I mean, it's just so it's so painfully British. It's just. <laughs> and it's like, much... We're gonna up, we're gonna update our Cromwell, which looks like a boxy, riveted piece of expletive here. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna update it. And we're gonna make it way more futuristic and streamlined by adding this canvas sleeve to the front of it. Pip pip. Pip, pip. And then we're going to take the speed limiters off and do 70 miles an hour down the freeway. So, yeah. Comet. Great tank. Well, um, we did me. I did seven. Oh, you did? So is it me again? Is it my number two? It's back to you, yeah. Number two. See, I've been thinking about this. I'm going to say the Char B. Ooh. Because, only because we were talking about, you know, things that own battlefields I've only ever played a few games against the early war French and every single time I've come up against Charby I had literally no good answer they just seem to do yeah but they're so expensive early war I was just yeah I don't know I mean it's a bit like the Ferdinand question I guess but um, I I think they're cool and they obviously you know the Germans then repurpose them yeah stick a flamethrower in them perfect they were still operating up until 1944 um, yeah, partisan duties and what have you. So, and you get back to the fact that you know, the, the French tanks were pretty good. I mean, the Suma was excellent. Suma, um, yeah, the S thirty five was excellent. It's just that, you know the French just didn't ha- weren't just didn't use them right, basically. So it, it, they they pay you know, put that in pay packets, didn't um, really react quickly enough to the change in technical situation, and so they never really got the show of ability, as it were, against the Rutgers. I think it's quite an iconic early war tank as well. On yeah. a, and I've not particularly thought this through well because I've now realised that uh, I can't put anything like the Sherman in higher <laughs> uh, necessarily. But yeah. I can. But I just think, you know, at that early war period, you see one of those, the silhouette is fairly unique. It's a hulking great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of me wants to make this a weekly feature because we're going to change the top five every week with <laughs> different justifications. Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll come back and think about it next week. Actually, I've completely screwed this up. I think we're fine. Okay, Sharpie. I'm, yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick a Yag Tiger in because I can. Really? Yep. 
because you need 128 millimeters of punching power. Yep. I just, it just, it's so obscene. It's just, it has to be in there. It's a kind of tank you build when you when you when you have a, a major industry kind of or a major industry that can support it kind of thing. It's not generally what you do when you're losing the war and losing your resources. So it's kind no. of a ballsy move in that respect. Yeah. What what question was it answering as well? Who who sat there and went? Do you know what we need? We need a pillbox. You know, it kind of went, You know what we need is we need to be able to take out that KV one, that IS two, from two kilometers away not get hurt in return and oh my god it's so big that we have we can't even put a turret on it i think it's more like it's what happens when you start saying right every tank we make is going to have a tank destroyer version with a fixed casement okay every tank every tank every tank even, even this even this already excessively over overweight overgunned every tank we got did i stutter every tank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like you got a weird megalomaniac running the country. Oh, wait. I know. Yeah, no, the Ag Tigers. Um, I'm also for for game reasons because I've had a lot of fun, a lot of terrible games with them as well. You know, they're not the best all rounders, but when they work, it's just funny. When you just when you get a hot set of dice and you're just hitting everything and literally turning it inside out, there's, there's nothing better. Have you ever read um? Keris's autobiography. Just that I, um, I have been. I've got Tigers in the Mud, literally yep. right next to my bed. But I didn't buy that first. I was working my way through Panzer Aces two. <laughs> halfway through that, and once I finish that, I'm going to read Tigers in the Mud. Tigers in the Mud's very good. Um, yeah, it's excellent. I won't spoil it for you if you haven't read it. There's there's some cool bits in it. And he, he I know that he struggled because he came he wasn't a tank destroyer, he's a he's a tank fighter. So he's he struggled with the the shift in ideology between sitting here and running. Yeah, he was a tiger race first. Yeah. yeah. But um it's some of the stuff I love it's very, very good because he delivers it in a very um I think he was a pharmacist after the the war. He was, yeah, he had the tiger pharmacy. That's it. And uh, but he delivers everything in a very matter of fact way. So uh, there's one point where his gunner shoots down um, a Soviet aircraft with an 88 from the Tiger, <laughs> and it just it's just the way he writes it. And he goes, uh, I can't remember the gunner's name, but he's like, you know, Freddie got uh, tired of this thing buzzing us all the time, so he took a shot at it, took it out, <laughs> and then he's like, on to the next paragraph. It's like, dual purpose 88, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I just like the idea of him going, oh, for f- right, that's it. Yeah, it's excellent. So yeah, Yag Tiger number two. Okay, so number, my two, number two, yeah, is going to be the comics. So I, I, oh. I said, this is purely emotive, but it's basically it is because it's the same with the Churchill is the pinnacle of the um, infantry tank philosophy. The comet is the pinnacle of the Crusades, um, the cruiser philosophy. Yes, buddy. Yeah, because obviously um, after that you get Centurion, which is the first universal tank. Yeah. Um, and marries the two together. But yeah, it's just like like I say, it's just basically every. It's the full potential, the cruiser tank concept. So, well, it, the armor's good, but it's not a selling point. The selling point is having a, a powerful gun and a powerful engine. Yeah. And getting it's almost like the American tank destroyer concept, but with a bit more armor and but, a but you know, and a roof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the and a team, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And although and although the comet is a dead end, because obviously after that the Centurion takes over and there's a far better tank going forward. It is just like that thing where you go, like, you know, this is what the cruiser tank should have been right from the start. 
in much the same way as the church was very much this is what the infantry tank should have been from the start nice so I, I'm torn with my number one he chose the wrong tank at the start, but we'll go into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was, I'm actually torn between the Panther, Ooh. which, which you know, obviously is essentially a German knockoff of the T34, um, and actually the T38T. The 38T, because obviously it supplied um, the Germans with a very good early war tank. Yeah. Uh, a mid-war tank that, that they could then use the chassis for for tank destroyers and then the late war um, all that to the Hetzer. Yeah. So I am torn by, that, by that because the 38T I think is one of those ones again that runs runs the gamut. The chassis was useful right up until 1945. I think it's got to be the Panther though. I think the Panther to me is the, you know, the apex of the, the German tank design. I know Tigers might and King Tigers might have more armour and more gun on them but the you know the Panther at the speed, the, the forward armour, and that high-velocity 75 really punched above its weight. Once they got the King signed out after Kursk, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, the early ones were absolute shower, but then that's what happens when, you know, but you rush it, something in. It is also that classic, um, that classic thing that the Germans overcomplicating things. It's like, well, yeah. so what's, what's the design task? Make a copy of T-34 and put, like, a Panzer IV gun on it. Tell you what, let's make this... Heavy tank, call it a medium tank, and it'll be the Panther. It'd be awesome. Yeah, but no, again, we're the resource. Oh, we'll work that out later by winning. Okay, we'll go with that. So. Yeah, this transmission, <laughs> you, had, you needed a degree in astrophysics to understand it. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. That way, Blake, he's fine. But I mean, I, I, I think that it sometimes gets forgotten, and I think definitely when we're playing Flames, it's definitely the, um, the unloved big cat. Oh, it's just... Um, yeah, well, I, I I love the model. I love the mm. look. It's, it is a sweet looking thing, especially the fact that you've got, you know, the, some of those late war camo camo schemes when they still had paint. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's some fantastic choices from a hobbyist point of view to make it, you know, to do it, and and it is an all rounder. You know, it works. Well, I think as well, if we, we know we're talking about shared chassis and the tank destroyers, the Yag Panther. It's oh, probably it's probably actually there. It's at that moment that, that they should have probably just stopped I because that be. that long ATA um, in the casement hole with the armor. I mean, still with the same drivetrain, so it's still fast. Um, you know, I think that's probably the best tank destroyer they've made. Yeah, probably. Oh, actually, well, it's between that and the Hetzer because I think the Hetzer has its place because it's small. It's got that high velocity seventy five, and you know, um, it was cheap and easy to manufacture but from a killing perspective and uh you know you see one of those things pull up on the table against you on the other side you think mm, we definitely got a problem here you see a whole company of them <laughs> yeah you see churchill start wincing it's always good <laughs> lee what are you going for um so i'm gonna go with the boring answer of the t-34 ah. Simply because it, like, say, it's a tank that, unlike the Sherman, it goes all the way through the war and the Cold War period. I'd be obviously upgunned at various points. Um, the thing, it just it it wasn't overly complicated. It worked. It was easy enough to the crews can maintain it. Um, it balanced out armor, mobility, firepower was always critical in any tank design. And obviously, when you want to start talking about the legacy of what goes into the tank design after the war. 
then out of all the tanks, arguably, I know there's going to be some arguments about how much the M26 family the Sherman shares, arguably um, the T-34 has a more direct line to its descendant, the T-55, than any of the other tanks we've discussed. The, the, the Panther is a complete dead end. Only the sort of AMX-50 the, the French look at is where takes a sort of design hints from it. There's some carry across from obviously the Sherman into the M26 family, like their um, V8 engine, that kind of thing. Um, there's a little bit of carry across between the Comet into the um, Centurion. But, I mean, the T-44 is basically a repackaged T-34. You know, T I mean, the T-55 yeah. is just a T-44 with a new turret. So it's, um, I'd argue, you know, that's, it's, it's a boring answer, but the T-34 is the tank of the World War II. That's fair. That's fair. I am going to pick a Polish T-72M uh, <laughs> because it kills every other tank that we've listed so far. I don't know yeah, if we'll caveat and say this was a World War II list. I think we did. Do we not have that caveat at the start? We did. <laughs> oh, anyway, you know, I think we did. Anyway, um, oh, for me, Tiger ones. Well, it's got to be my tigers. I mean, come on. I, I feel dirty not having it as my number one. I mean, yes, it's here, her, you know, horrifically over-engineered. Yes, it had major mechanical failures and, and, and that <laughs> with it. But it's a tiger. And in Flames of War, especially now with the version 4 stuff, it's just, it's just too good not to take. Mm. Oh, yeah, but will it continue to be too good to not take? That's all I'm saying. Well, it doesn't matter. I'll take them anyway. I've, I've, I've played my Tigers through yeah. hell and water, and I'll continue to do so. To be fair, as the war goes on, you start getting cheap Tigers. For yeah, exactly. Hungarians and Kampfgroup Hummel. Oh, I really want to have Kampfgroup Hummel back. Yeah. That would be so much fun with version 4. Hopefully we'll see it as a command card option for a Tiger company or something That's... like that. As a kind of flow through, then, and have you said your number five yet, Lee? Uh, my, my my top my number one was T thirty four. T thirty four. Sorry. Um, do you think, like, what's the what period are you looking forward to most now in the late war period? Now we've entered it. Like, are you looking forward to Arnhem or what? Uh, I'm. I'm. See, for me, late late war is once you get past D day, it just starts getting a little boring. Um, I've always been very much doing in doing D day. Uh, obviously a little bit of market garden and after that it just starts getting as much as I love comets it's just the yeah. German yeah. side just gets a little bit too boring after that see I'm quite looking forward to um, the uh, battle for Hungary the battle for Budapest and down in the uh, Caucasus yeah it's just something well just I, I just like the idea it's something I've never been too close to um, I find it interesting I've, I've read a couple of stuff around it now it kind of missed me the first time around. Um, but yeah, there's, there's quite a lot obviously still going on both offensively and defensively down there for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not quite as static and, you know, kind of clinging on, I guess, as the rest of the Eastern Front. It kind of does. Grey Wolf had some interesting... Obviously, the Hungarians themselves were quite interesting in their own additional yeah. stuff, like the Toldy in that. And um, then you had the interesting stuff like their um, FHH, the Germans as well, Feldenhall. They're like yeah, yeah. Um, armies of the um, Panzer 470 A, the, the lesser, lesser love to the Panzer 470. <laughs> the duck. Mm. The duck. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to bring some interesting stuff, hopefully. And um, you know, I, I'm 
I know this is a bit of a spin, but I'm, I'm quite positive having seen the D-Day books now that the variety is still going to be there. I think the cards are going to drive yeah. that. Yeah. You can just see what they do with the minor access books. Obviously, that will drive it to a certain oh. oh, yeah, that's true. I've, I've forgot, I, do you know what? I've completely forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. i completely forgotten about that. That'll, that'll drive the Hungarians largely. I suspect that'll be the only book they get for the war, so it'll cover yeah, um, absolutely. The bagration through to the full Hungary. So. Maybe Romanians. Poor, yeah. poor Romanians. In fact, didn't they say that the, when they released the, plast, the plastic buildings that were made out for Stalingrad, it was going to be phased around Budapest? Oh, really? I seem to recall that was mentioned by Peter in the end of in like the end of year um, article. I have to go and find it again. Oh, that's that'd be very cool. I, I just think or it's it more yeah, speculation. Well, let's just say it's true. Yeah, no one's gonna be listening to this anyway, right? So. Okay, cool. So what's next? That was. Yeah. Next next time on Shoot and Scoot, armored fighting vehicles. Top five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, APCs. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Do it. (laughs) Right. So make a note of that. Having got very excited, so sorry. The top five armored fighting vehicles. Yep. There we go. Added to the notes. Um. So. Next up on tonight's schedule is the BTA twenty painting Funapalooza. Yeah. So Fun-a-palooza. now you're all excited about all your tanks and models that you've got sitting there on the shelves. He says, looking forlornly at his hobby stockpile. Um, thought it'd be fun to have a little painting competition. Yep. Well, we 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 did tentatively dip our toe half in the water and then um, let that water. Uh, essentially stagnate um yeah well you got to do that you know that's all the metal particles from the paint water settle to the bottom so then you can exactly and then give it a good clean and you know <laughs> so well, now now we've now we've actually remembered what we're doing uh yeah we thought this is the opportune moment for people to actually get the pile of shame down to a more reasonable level and then buy some more stuff so hopefully so it's been going for a week as we record this we would have been going for one week tomorrow Yep. Because we did it on a Monday. Um, so what I'm thinking is we're going to do two of these. Okay. Because I think a lot of people around the world are getting hit at different times. Yeah. Um, so the idea is basically on our Facebook page at the moment, we have, when you hear this, we've got either the first one or hopefully the second one after the first one's been closed, um, a painting competition for anything that you're going to paint whilst you're self-isolating and sat at home yeah um so take a picture of it post it up on the the beginning post to enter you don't have to do it on the first day you can do it whenever um but two weeks after that post there'll be another post with the completing ones um where you take a picture of your completed unit model army whatever and then completely biasedly we'll pick our favorite and hopefully get some prizes out to you guys and yeah, girls. No, no, no algorithms here it's gonna be just oh it looks good oh yeah yeah no it's complete like usual shoot and scoop levels of of you know organization so yeah um well yeah as long as caveat as long as there's some postal service working somewhere yes yeah yeah um if we you no, know, what we'll do is we'll that will be one of the uh, you know the the fallout style um yes. quests that we hand out to someone 
it's, you know, we sit there with a big glowing arrow above our heads in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Someone will come along and go, we need you to get this battle group across to Chicago. Chicago. No, no, no. See, what you, the true, the true, how this works is you don't actually tell them what's in the box. And in the last scene, there's a guy having a fire delivered to him, bleeding out. Just as he dies, he then sees the contents of the box were some toy soldiers. Oh, it's not going to be like and seven, is it? It's not going to be a severed head. <laughs> and it, it's a packet of Gaiden tokens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we'll, we'll sort something out, whatever it is. We, I can't, we can't promise what it is, but it'll be cool, whatever it is. And we'll, yeah. we'll make sure it gets you at some point in the future. Yeah, at some point. So, yeah. There is a prize. It's not about the prize. It's just about no. taking part and having some motivation to get something finished over two weeks, really. Um, yeah, so it's, I think the closing date I put up was the 31st of March. Yeah, I think it actually is, finishes at the end of the month. Yeah, so that's, that's for the first one, which is next yeah. Monday. Um, Battlefront are throwing some goodies for that one as well. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Battlefront have said they'll do some stuff for us, which is awesome. Um and then what we'll probably do is do another one rolling on after that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long see, as... see how many entries we get, otherwise. <laughs> well, we've had quite a few people already, and I, I quite like... There's, I, I did say to people, make sure you tag someone to keep you company while you're doing it. And oh, quite yes, a lot of people right. have, have, have um, you know, taken up that challenge, and there's, there's pairs of people. And like Eddie said, it could be a single tank. It doesn't have to be yep. anything big. It could be one tank. It, some people are painting astronomical amounts of stuff. I can't... Tom Wise, to... Tom Wise levels of how many people have painted in this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy, but um, but you know, all power to him. Um, but yeah, we just want to see people, you know, completing stuff ready for when we can actually roll dice on the tabletop again. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, join in, spread the word, get get people involved, and uh, yeah, like you said, ha- pass the time constructively. Yeah. I do Unless feel like Italy, I was born for this self isolation. Well, I think it's Italy's struggling because haven't they got Pornhub free now? So, I mean, I Italy think it's going to be... Yeah. So, I mean, you guys... That's, that's a, I was going to say that's a toss-up. That's not the right phrasing. Um, <laughs> phrasing? Yeah. yeah. That's but no, um, toilet <laughs> Oh, dear. We're just down the net curtains now. Just... <laughs> terrain, terrain. Pull yeah. up, pull up. <laughs> um, yeah, that. So, back back to the point. Um, yeah, paint something. For the love of God, paint something. Yeah, and join us on Facebook and share some pictures. I, for myself, um, have you yourself and I. Me, myself, and I. Today, I put the basing medium on my entire Team Yankee Soviet infantry company. Um, yeah, that that's a chore in itself have done yeah it was oh god it's just like oh okay i've got these done oh weapons teams <laughs> um and i've sprayed them fur brown so they have been browned and <laughs> begins the sheer <laughs> amount of skin so much so much painting yep um yeah what are you doing lee are you finishing your brits off yeah so i'm just painting some track rapiers and some swing fires and that will be my 100 points. And I'll probably do a bit more just to round, give me some more options. Um, for me, I'm actually finishing off 
projects. Um, so I'm kind of half cheating, but uh, I'll, I'm going to take it anyway. So like, I've got my Soviet slash Czechoslovakian infantry companies that uh, that remained unbased for years now. So I'm actually getting around to doing uh, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty-four, twenty-four stands of infantry and. Uh, it's about 20 stands of RPGs and then some command. They all, they just need basing, and it's just a boring job that I was putting off Duncan, forever. you could so. pay a one-to-one replica of the Battle of Waterloo, and you still wouldn't win, so I wouldn't worry about it. No, I know. I just... Oh. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it's just all the... I'm trying to get all the stuff done that I've, I've looked at and got to... Basing is one of those things where I kind of finish painting the model and go, oh, it's finished. And they look at it and go, ah, oh, son of a... <laughs> Yeah. It's not finished. It's only phase one. Phase one's finished. Phase two is now actually getting it. I quite I quite enjoy it once it's finished. Like sticking all the little tufts on and stuff is quite good fun. But um Do you do that before the... just before you're deploying the the miniatures onto the board? I mean that's that's no, no, every no. thing for me. No 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 that's that's just you, Eddie. That's just you before games and tournaments. <laughs> um I like to do it uh, a little bit more hodgepodge. So uh I'm just gonna work my way through, uh, making them look pretty. Although it is a bit of a laborious task, that because I, I sand it, then I wash the sand, then I dry brush the sand, then oh, I paint God. the edges, then I put static grass on, then I put tufts on, then I varnish again. So, yeah, by the time I've done all of that, it's... I mean, the the final things looks nice because it's got layers of texture. Yeah. And, you know, based on one of those things that... This, this, this is... This is depressing um, to talk about now, going on to basing now. But um, it's one of those things because, you know, 90% of a model's basing. I know. Really is, especially especially in Planes of War. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'm sure we talked about this before. I got told before, even in 28mm, it's bases, faces, something else. There's four things you can see on a model from a distance. And if you're looking to get, like, bases, a kind of decent... And... Wallet Black and watch. I can't remember what it is now. So that's it's good, great advice. Faces, faces, something or something. There you are. So that's the painting tips from Duncan there. Paces, yeah, top paces, tips. faces, and something. <laughs> and two other things that are important. Je sais quoi. Yeah, something, something. Dark style. Um, something, something, something. 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 Agrax yeah. Earth Shade Complete. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried contrast paintings yet, but again. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so that's the shade. Um, I have done my first contrast for a, shall we say, with mm-hmm. a a fantasy dragon, <laughs> all in red, and I was totally blown away by the effect. Mm. Um, really? Yeah. No, it's it's I... it's actually really good. I have seen, like, on infantry, I think it's things with texture, isn't it? I'm sure we talked about this before, but, yes. like, flat panels, not so good. No. no. Yeah, but, like, one of those, like, over-detailed, tech over detailed, like, um, aeronautical computerized aircraft, it actually, um, I saw someone doing New York fighters. Oh, the yeah. Red, the red, um, the blade was red. Yeah. And yeah. It looked good. It looked really good, because there's, like, there's enough detail on, on, on there. There's no real flat, flat panels, as it were. Ooh. I think I've seen someone paint someone in one of the Flames of War painting groups and they've done a, a tank and it yeah. was just like, ooh, that oh, needs yeah. that needs a few more coats because that's gone really weird. Yeah, because I tried doing some Soviet mortar teams. I did the mortars using it. Um, oh, yeah. Because it, 
And it, it, it looked, they came up. It's a bit bright for my liking, but it did work. Um, the infantry, I didn't think they need another coat. I did one coat. Just need to spray a little bit more on it than yeah. one coat. Well, the first thing I did was um, I have a lot of the old Epic, uh, the Warhammer 40,000 6mm Epic uh, yep. 40,000 buildings, the yep. plastic ones. I'd sprayed grey, and I bought the grey shade, uh, not shade, contrast paint. Yeah. So it's Alfred Car Primer, which I sprayed some Blood Bowl models today with, and it is definitely is my go-to primer of choice. The Halfords. Halfords grey car body primer. It's about eight pound a can for like a five hundred mil big can. Five hundred, eight hundred. It's a big. It, anyway, it's a big can, um, and it's just the best best primer i've ever used see um, I, I would shout out as well i use wilco gray primer and that's very good as well but um i've heard good things as well about the halfords is it camouflage range sounds weird yeah, but there's they, like they've got, they've got a really a weird, a weird range of stuff um i at the moment i'm toying i'm torn between i either use the gray primer or yep. use um army painter fur brown because especially for, for well for infantry models basically um because i found the fur brown a it does the, the the base coat layer of the base yeah which actually fi- i find i spend more time faffing on the base right you know, at least with fur brown i can just dry brush some khaki and and some bits and you know stick some tufts on and i've got the base done which is it's more time than actually the bloody the models, especially if you're doing something like Soviet infantry where they don't have any mm-hmm. camouflage and you're just doing block colours. Um, okay. But the the grey, yeah, the the, the the contrast paints. Um, there's a Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy on YouTube. Um, now the whole the whole thing's on a behind a paywall, but he's done a couple of freebies on on YouTube. He does a bolt action late wall panzer grenadier um yeah i've seen him advertise that yeah yeah just grenadier it's worth a watch um because he does the aggroats earth shade which is the citadel paint and it just it really ties it all together and until recently i've been using the vallejo sepia wash yep and i think this is just a nicer version of that so i managed to grab myself a couple of bottles yeah, the games right. washes have always been pretty good. I mean, I've, yeah. I've always been people even known oil and um, the earth shade. Yeah, I was gonna say for me, uh, was it Severin sepia as well? That's yeah. quite a nice one. Yeah, but yeah. The Vallejo paints and Citadel washes. I think uh, I've got my job. I've got some scale seventy-five ones now for the flesh tones, and I, they are probably the nicest flesh tones I've, I've ever was used. Scale scale seventy-five. Sorry. Yeah, scale seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you dropped out a bit. And the, the... The, the the broadband struggling after over usage. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's yeah, scale seventy five. They're they're yeah, really Paul, nice. They got uh, the hobby brush. Paul swears by their flesh range. Yeah, I mean that's why I gave it. A, I, I managed to pick up some cheap at Selwig. They had a, someone selling them at like fifty percent off or just clearing them out, and they just happened to have the, the flesh tones in there. So I picked them up to look at uh, just to have a go. Um, and yeah, they're just really nice. Um, they're, they're nice modular shading as well. So you know, um, yeah. the the base one is is perfect for getting uh, that first coat down. And then they've got some nice highlight colours. And yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not 
I'm not a great proponent of faces and hands. I'm not. I'm not that skilled. No, well, that, paint that, I've picked up the the, the Citadel Reekland flesh wash yep. after watching the Duncan Rhodes tutorial. Um, so I'm hoping to see how that works at 15 mil because it looks great on the 28 mil Warlord figures. You can see yep. how that works 15 mil. And I'll yeah, post that's what I use. I do. Oh, really? Mm, it's good. Yeah, just like say, you get your flesh tone on it, just ties it all together. Nice. Top top painting tips. So what? Uh, and what's on the what's on the um, slate after that then? So after your Brits leave, what have you got lined up? At, or if anything, or are you gonna have a a palette cleanser? So I'm 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 debating. So either I do. Are you? The, yeah, either the, imp- <laughs> either the infantry <laughs> for the um, Brits and get another infantry platoon in, some lands, that kind of thing. Oh, for or, the Team Yankee stuff, yeah. Yeah, for Team Yankee. Or go to the next project. Um, sorry, I want to get the Harriers done next before I run up my Ooh, 100 points. cool. I bought yeah. a box of the um, Battlefront ones. Oh, the new ones? Yeah, I already had two boxes of the Ravel kit it's based on. So, between the four, so I'm gonna, um, it gives me basically four Harriers all with the cluster bombs. I'll borrow some fight bases from somewhere else. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, so that should be good. I mean, we need to get some air support in. Or I might, so after I get those done, I might do some Israelis and get on with some George, um, get on with the Centurions and the half tracks and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm just struggling with analysis paralysis on, on what to focus on first. Yeah. <laughs> All this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just end up kind of going, oh, I could do that a bit of this. Oh, I could do a bit of this. Oh, I could, yeah, so. What, what projects have you got to finish? Like, you know, not crushing the urgent ones because there's, you know, no tournament deadline at the moment, but you know, yeah, you want to yeah. want to well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I've got obviously my, my Americans, the late war American list to finish over a period of time. Um, but the next step for that is painting a load of the tank and artillery crew. Okay. Which I'm not really looking forward to. Um, but the Team Yankee Polish, I think, is going to be the first on the list to get those done. Um, and that, to be fair, that's a big enough challenge as it is because there's quite a few tank holes and quite a few infantry stands to get that done, plus the hinds and everything. So It's weird. I have found that with the Team Yankee that everything's bigger. It's just a lot yeah. more stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, we were talking about this, weren't we, Lee, um, uh, about doing away with points. <gasps> Da, da, da. Team Yankee and basically saying, well, you've actually got formations because everything was almost at you know uh, muster level on day one or whatever. Just saying, well, this is a British tank company with associated support. Oh, so that yeah, and then this is a Soviet company uh, and the same sort of things. Yeah, we need to sort of work out a bit more, but it's, I think the, the idea is there. That's it in a nutshell. I mean, it's not anything more complicated than that, is it? It was just looking mm. at it and going, well, do, is is it is it actually worth going to the granular level of trying to do 100 points versus 100 points, or is it just a, this is a British company? So that might be interesting to try out. Yeah. But that yeah, means they'd pay even more. <laughs> Uh, well, it depends. If you've got a T seventy two M formation, I suppose yeah, you get everything. Yeah, I see what you mean. 
But yeah, there's the thing that I've got more spray green, but now I need to do the detailing, I need to do the, the, the decals, and then you're like, okay, now I've got to glue all the dishkas on, and it just, oh. Do you not do, you not do the dishkas on straight away? Do no, because they break. Oh. Now I've got some decent cases for them. There you go. But, hey, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. If you, if you guys managed to play some 50-point Team Yankee games, though, didn't you? Well, we I did. You did. You did too. I think you're forgetting yourself. Because oh. I got to play. Um, I play three games: one versus you, oh, one I versus did. Dylan, and one versus and everything. Duncan. You did. You did. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, poor Duncan. It got like too before, late. Before the fall. <laughs> before, yeah. before the event. Remember, staying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think. Even the then, event. we were looking around awkwardly, going, "Oh, should I really be eating pizza and 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 in a public space?" Um, mm. Yeah, it was, it was getting like that with the free games. There's less and less people on the other tables. It's like, how does wargaming work with social with social space anyway? Yeah. yeah. Poor, poorly, one was just. That was good. What, what mission did we play? We had, because you had minefields, we're going lengthways. Breakout. 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 Yeah, because we're and using you, Mark's you, table. Yeah, so my Polish versus uh, your British recce company. Yeah. Um, which I thought after turn one, I was going to steamroll to you. Uh, that's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really it, wasn't. it turned out that lo and behold, your Finnish, Finnish Brits are pretty hard to stop and to remove. And you just bled me to death over a thousand cuts. Hmm. Uh, that's what I was, I was trying, trying to trade space for um, time, basically. Yeah. In the end, the chieftains came on, fired one volume, and died. So my reinforcements didn't quite pan out how I was hoping. But no, but what you had on the board was enough because it just cut things to ribbons. Yeah, because the scorpions really were doing quite quite well, and the strikers had an absolute yeah. field day that game. They... Veterancy was your armor, though. To be fair, yes, yeah, definitely. That's that's the most important thing, though. It is. No, it's harsh. That hit on fours. Um, what yeah, did I? So my my takeaways from that game, because you, you did a there's a thing on our Facebook group page where you did the whole blow by blow oh. review. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys if you want to go f- scroll back a couple of weeks and find that um, for for the actual bit by bit review, but my takeaways from that with my Polish were to consolidate the mine plows into just one platoon because mm. I was doing a point on each platoon. Right. When I'm never going to you because to use them, actually use them in that game to make a point of actually using them and the whole staying still, issuing the order, getting in the mine. You know, it's pointless having both platoons with mine plows. Really? Cause yeah. Because yeah, you're either going to do it with one platoon and make a conscious choice to go through a minefield, or you're going to go round it. So do it, but do it for one platoon only. Um, I mean that may change with the whole mindlet thing. Saying that out loud, uh, I was going to say I, I always thought about just you know throwing, like you said, throwing one plow into each platoon. I didn't, I hadn't really got as far as thinking if that was a good idea. But it sounds like it's not. Well, for but one it, point, you can add up to three mine plows to a platoon. Hmm. So. I don't know. I don't know the log. I mean, the only thing you'd be worried about having both combat platoons with it in would be that the the second platoon might get hit by minelets 
from a NATO artillery barrage, but that's that's pretty specific. I I, I don't know how many people are gonna think that's you know a great yeah. tic tac. I don't even know how many people are actually gonna throw minutes onto things. I, I always right take in. it with my Lars and um, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. West Germans, but then, yeah. I mean, having one platoon with mine mine plows, I think makes sense. Just because they look damn cool as well. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that and also avoiding where you can because because saving the points there, I can put that towards buffing up my shilkers because I had a two platoon of shilkers, a two shilker platoon. Sorry. Yep. Um, and yeah, they're useful for getting forward and starting to hose down and pin down infantry and things like that when they don't have aircraft, but to do that, you need to have the staying power of having four. Okay. So it's like, if you're going to go in my mind, it's gone. If you're going to go for Canon AA to make it worthwhile having it without having, if the opponent doesn't have aircraft, go for a big, a, a big blob of it because at least then you can keep, you know, keep two of them back and then not lose the platoon or go forward to all four and actually really mess up some stuff and just roll an absolute obscene amount of dice. Cause they're not that expensive. That's like point, point a shulker, isn't it? Something like that. Well, yeah, exactly. So by dropping the mines, you can kind of buff that up there and give it a bit mm. of static power. Okay. I'm still a little bit unconvinced by... Mind you, I haven't actually seen the full ferocity of um, NATO air power. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm a bit blasé about anti-aircraft at the moment. I think it's, it's well, going to take in, more in rolling game, with A-10s. In, in that game, my shilkers were quite merrily picking away at um, some dug-in British infantry and kind of stopping them from moving because there's a big old threat of a hell of a lot of AA, you know, dice coming yeah. and also at one point was dicing up the um the recon the trapped recon yeah yeah they're perfectly useful you know killing light ish stuff um but then one of them died and the other one ran away it was like oh but then how many how many points are shilkers like i think two points well yeah maybe it's two points for four I, I, yeah, I think they're pretty. I do, yeah, I recall they're pretty cheap. They're pretty cheap. Um, I don't think that. I think they're. I think they are a point each, or or. I can find out, but. <laughs> that would involve just, uh, typing. Like, yeah. I'll have a look. Car- pad, pad. Um, pad. No, 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 that's man pads. That's different. Man pads. Yeah. Back with yeah, man pads. Uh, I did that because I had my blowpipes. It's um, you did, a game not doing, a, not doing anything, really, but yeah. They, they tried shooting at their um, T-34s, they passed them, and then missed them, and that was I was large... terrified, because I went dashing down that road, and was like, yeah! And then I, I was remembered that you had some guys sitting at the edge of the wood, and I thought, this is it, game over. Um, you missed. Shilkers are one point each. Yeah, okay. So four is four points. Four is four points. Which is the largest Irish can take, which is uh, like twenty-four 
halted rate of fire of 24 dice. Mm, uh, okay. I don't know. I'm just a bit... Mm. How many took... you can get another... Yeah. I, I, I rate the shulker just because, like I say, it is a cheap unit. It gives you that um, AA coverage and it's still useful against light vehicles and infantry. When yeah. the Guska comes along, it's probably going to sit in the wayside unless Tunguska's massively expensive. But... <laughs> Tunguska, it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, that's um, my takeaway. Don't, don't have the tombs of two of anything if you can avoid it. And uh, mind only on one. One person, think... yeah. I do think that's a bit more risky in Team Yankee, actually. Smaller platoons do seem to... Because everything's so much more lethal. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you can you can kind of get away with it sometimes in Flames of War, having two two tank platoons and things like that. I don't think that's necessarily true in Team Yankee. Yeah. Or, or as much. Yeah, because in the end, those uh, guys died to my long-range Carl Gustav fire. They did, indeed. What, the um, the Shilkers did? Shilkers, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that'll do it. Just absolutely obliterated. Because infantry are quite scary, it would seem. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my key learning from when I played with my my checks was that the infantry was the the, the star, really. Yours were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it, yeah. Well, even even with their lesser morale, um, they just hang around forever and. To be fair, your really lesser morale is just. A lesser inclination to unpin. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They know, I think it's one of those things which everyone forgets with checks. They think they you know it's all their stats are bad. It's, no, morale-wise, we're the same as the Poles and East Germans. It's just their rally is only five points. Yeah. Yeah, and actually the rally's the, the rally's quite important, I think. Um, but it's not it's not the be all and end all. I mean, especially if you're there where you need to be, being pinned, mm, whatever. Um, yeah, and actually they're they're quite they're quite tough. I mean, they're they're, they're cheaper. They definitely get that points break. And um, yeah, I, I I mean I think I made the mistake of including seven points of artillery in a fifty point game. That probably wasn't the most <laughs> sensible thing I ever did. But I wanted to get the Danas on the table, um, and they didn't really do very much. Um, but the tanks, the T T seventy twos are good. Um, but yeah, it was the infantry. The infantry took on the vast majority of the Brits by themselves. AK welding matters, mate. That's what you, that's all you need. Well, they just they got in at their BMP twos, which obviously you know makes them quite nasty as well. But um, even just leaping out of those and just shoving them down the throat of the British recce and going, go on then. These are running toward you know, not even shooting, just uh, get out, run, then follow me. Um, sit on the objective and go, right, go on then. I'm in the open, but... Well, it wasn't in the open, I was in the cornfield, but, you know, have at it. And I think I lost, what, a couple of stands, Lee? Yeah, I mean, I was planning, planning a fire on. So I had, like, um, two, two, two of the scorpions, two of the scimitars, the F3432, and the dismounted infantry firing at you. And, yeah, it was just... I wasn't making any headway at all, really. I did manage to get dug in as well after the... I think it was the second turn, something like that, which helped, mm. obviously, but... Um, yeah, I had you banged to rights in that cornfield, opened up and yeah. missed almost everything. It's depressing. <laughs> yeah. And then the every every man wielding an RPG of some kind started to take its toll. Yeah. 
But, that actually I mean, backed off, but yeah, it was. Uh, but the Chieftains, bit... Chieftains were awesome in that game. That was the first game of the Chieftains being awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> the Chieftains really been consistently disappointing all the way through this, and that, that game they just sort of went. They got their good pills on. They really did. They were they were scary. Admittedly, you got a little unlucky when you fired off the. Um, I, I forgot completely. Forgot your minimum range wasn't sixteen; it was eight. Yeah. You op- and you opened up with the the um, eighty fives, and yeah, I just got lucky because you missed or got one hit and didn't make the firepower check. No. But I, I the other important thing I learned in this, uh, the difference between Team Yankee and Flames of War, was that don't be afraid to move. Yeah. No. And that's that, that, that's trying to you. Yeah. I know. It's it's just a very different mindset. You you think I've got this rate of fire one gun, and you think, well, I, I need to be there, ready, aimed at what I need to be aimed at. Um, but you don't at all. And right. and in fact, that's a trap most of the time. The best armor is not being shot. Be like a shark. It's it's not even be like a shark. It's just don't don't take fire if you don't have to take fire. If there's no advantage to you being shot, don't bloody do it. And that's the the problem I did. That's why I lost my first platoon of four uh, T-72Ms was right. being static behind what I thought was some was a reasonably good position behind some light cover and giving the Chieftains a, a full... Um, all three of them got two shots each. Oh. And I think... I think How many hit? Was it... I think I got three or uh, four hits. It was, in, I, it was enough to... It was three hits. I got, I, I got lucky because obviously you were... Because um, you were concealed on the ground at the start of the game so you are on fives to hit... No, no range penalty because you laser, laser range finders on the chieftains. So you fives. I got, uh, I got three fives on the on my opening barrage of six shots. But I think the thing, the thing I learned was I gave you the opportunity to be lucky. Yeah. That there was no, there was no advantage to me being just sat there. I wouldn't have, you know, I, I'd have had no. It was no different to if I'd have moved up to that tree line and then Correct. shot you the turn, next turn. And that that trying to get that drummed into me, I think, is going to take some some. It's very different to being NATO. NATO, you're right, Eddie's got you got to be like sharks. But I think with some of the Warsaw Pack stuff, you just got to not get shot sometimes. Yeah. Um, because when you do get shot, it invariably um, throws your capola, you know, forty feet in the air, and everyone inside dies. <laughs> well, it's just that the two plus firepower on the on the, some of the tanks is just you know. <laughs> You are going to lose stuff. It's not just going to get bailed, and you, you know, you'll have a chance to recover it next turn. It's just, it's going to die. Can I, can I bring you some breaking news? Of course, you can. Which will be too late for everyone who received this podcast. But Dice Saloon is temporarily closing its retail services, both online and in store, as of close of day tomorrow, Monday the twenty third. Because obviously they're looking to move, so they're packing up a shop tomorrow night. Well, right. that's, that's coming around really fast. It has. But was going to be the end. It was going to be um, literally the thirty first of March or something. We're going to shut up shop. Yeah. I guess we'd like say we're we're very little footfall for the shop right now, and like no it, no games that going on. They obviously decided to bring it forward. Luckily, yeah. I'm off work tomorrow, so you're gonna head down with my with my gas mask on and. Rubber gloves, yeah. Oh, what standard Eddie attire, you mean? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, yeah. Because the new, they were talking, actually, was it Matt we were talking to you? Yeah. Yeah, and the new venue sounds does sound awesome. Um, very, uh, it's very space marine, actually. Yeah, the converted church. Yeah. 
Oh, it's got to survive long enough now to actually let it open, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's, that's going to be a challenge. It's gonna be hard, I think it's going to be hard times for all game stores at the moment. I mean, yes, some can rely on their web-based um, web stores and that kind of thing. Yeah. But with people not playing, it's going to just start slowing down. You know, we, everyone starts just burning back backlog, as it were, rather than buying new. Well, yeah, because yeah. I, mean, I mean, the hype train's going to slow slow down because um, with, with you know, gaming's half of what drives acquisition of purchase. I think, isn't it? Well, yeah. it's, not always. Yeah, not always. It's just going to be. It's just different. Who knows? But hey, Boris knows. Break. You heard it. You heard it here first. Too late. Trump knows. Trump's an expert on this. Doctor's <laughs> impressed no... how much he knows about it. Um, <laughs> shall we move on to new and exciting things, such yes, as yes. the new USA Team Yankee Force Card spoiler? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this unauthorized came out, spoiler. This came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So on on the Team Yankee. Um, Facebook group there was a blink and you miss it post where some lucky chap had bought a box of M113s and along with the normal unit cards there was a new force card which showed a few new formations and a few new force support options and that got taken down but Hank thankfully is a member of the unofficial group so he posted it there whoop, whoop. <laughs> so it's actual uh, proper spoilers yeah, so it's, we don't get much of that in this in in the um, battlefront stuff. But yeah, so what's interesting on there is obviously we got the stuff we knew was coming, like um, an M3 version of the cavalry um, platoon, an M3 version of the infantry platoon. Oh, sorry, M2 version of the infantry platoon. This is Bradley's. Mm-hmm. A new M1A1 um, tank company, which is the which is the up armored up gun one twenty version. So we knew what was coming because we knew it was going to cover Gulf War. So all those three options were pretty much. Well, we knew it was coming because the the bloody first it had it <laughs> has the M1A1 on it. That's what exactly. Abrams are built as. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting was free a new division. Um, so you had the armor division, you had the marine division, and then you had for um, I'm just trying to remember what it's called now, the ninth mechanized company or something like that. Give me one second, just right. Mixed back over. Mixed recce company. Shall I? Shall I do some filler music? Do, 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 do. Corona nineteen. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I Corona. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah. God. Do, do. Yeah. So it was the ninth high tech motorized division, and it's got three new formations: a combined arms heavy company, combined arms light company, and a light attack company. Now, Light Attack Company has got the same Humvee symbol as a Humvee Cavalry Troop. Okay. So I'm guessing that's going to be like a very similar Humvee-based troop there. We're 0 to 2 formation limit rather than 0 to 1. The Combined Arms Light Company, again, it's just a Humvee, but infantry alongside it. So I'm guessing that must be like infantry mountain Humvees. It's like a light infantry company. Oh, that'd be cool. And then the real interesting one is the Heavy Company which shows a silhouette of a tank, which I had never seen before. But thanks to people on the internet with um, lots of um, very specialist skills, <laughs> they, we worked out the silhouette is for an, um, the AA Corporation's 
rapid deployment force tank, which is a, an experimental light tank. And it's armed with a, with a super long barrel, 76 millimeter main, um, main gun of an autoloader. Uh, and re- now I know what I read up on it. And the concept was um, they'd use the 76 millimeter to fire five rapid shots, all of which would hit the same spot on the enemy tank. <laughs> so it'd burrow its way through the armor. I mean, Whopper. and you're already firing a 76 millimeter hyper velocity round. So it's going to have a fairly good penetration power, though probably not a great HE round. Yeah. And it's got no armor. It's like a super low silhouette. It almost looks like a little M113s on, on like, you know, on, on steroids, basically. Yeah, a little M113 and a halfs. I'll put a picture up on when we put this post up. And so, yeah, yeah so it's, it's interesting because um, I've got no idea what to expect of this. Well, is this the sign that Battlefront have now acknowledged light forces? Yeah, I guess I guess so. So obviously, in reality, this they experimented with these light tanks, and the army never re-signed up to it because they're always trying to get a light tank armed with the same 105 or 120 as the main battle tanks, which is just impossible at the time. Um, so this was very much it's going to be it's going to wind people up because one of those very much what if things that never actually happened. Like in York, exactly. But like the ninth, um, so the actual ninth. Um, high-tech motorized division was a real thing they had like they're experimenting with like humvee mounted infantry they were the guys experimenting with like june buggies weaponized june buggies okay like, yeah so like <laughs> so anyone who had a gi joe stinger will instantly know what we're talking about here yes um or action force i should say being in the uk um <laughs> it's a proper name uh, so yeah so it's it's the actual unit itself is a real thing and was a real experiment as well as units were expressly experimenting the idea of things i'm guessing in the team yankee universe they get deployed and they get deployed with this um tank of some sort so no idea what the actual formation entails all we just know is what is this description and picture shows and wild the, speculation wild speculation i mean the four support so support units available to your force Obviously, MRRS goes in as not to one choice. We expected that. Yeah. Um, we've got the Apache coming in. We knew that was coming because obviously it was a preview of the pit of the kit. There's also a new um, air anti-air unit, the LAV AD air defence um, unit. What? So. Is that like the Marines then? So this is the Marines. Yeah. So it's the LAV platform. And I looked up it. It's a, it's a late 90s unit. It doesn't really enter service until 99. So it's a, it's 99? Really, I know. It's, it's like ADAS. It's really pushing the timeline, Skewiff. But the turret is basically, it's got a, st- a, a pod of Stinger missiles and a 25mm ro- rotary Gatling gun. <laughs> um, so it's got lots of DAC. So it's like a, it's like a VADS and a Stinger platoon. Had sweet, yeah. sweet sex. I mean, somehow a lav got into the mix, and they spit out this thing. But yeah, it's it's again, it's, it's... that sounds bonkers. That sounds like an M uh, was an M15 from World War Two gone mental. <laughs> yeah, I'll put again, wow. I'll get a picture of the real life thing up. That's cool um, though. It's obviously good. some people are going to look at this and roll their eyes. And as always, you don't have to use it. You could take a Stinger platoon. I probably will. Yeah. Although I might get these models look, if they look like as good as the thing in real life does, they do look pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but you know, it's ultimately you don't have to use these things if you don't want to. Obviously, if if your opponent's using it, you kind of have to go along with it. 
And it's nice to have, but it's nice to just, I don't know, have the occasional crazy option in there. And, and yeah. your, your, your group can decide whether to ignore that or not, as the case may be. Your mileage may vary. Just don't be that person who complains about it and uses it all the time whilst complaining about it. Well, this right. is so broken, this is so broken. Oh, we shouldn't really be able to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway and just wind you up because I just said I wasn't going to do it, but yes. Yeah. But I think I think that's coming, that's going to happen more and more in Team Yankee. Uh, not in a bad way either. I think it's just, you need to just define. It's a bit like when we're doing the um, uh, Middle East and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, defining what period you wanted to do. Um, yeah. And I think that that's fine. There's no problem with that. It's, again, it's more variety is good. I think as long as you never force to take it, because it's just so force effective yeah. that it would be crazy not to take it. I'm going to be okay with it. And but generally, even... so far, these things, like say, warriors in the British Army, which are early for the timeline, but you know, there's a massive price job. So if you take them, you might be doing yourself out of a thing of just taking a four three two. Yeah. What What do you need it for? Yeah, you don't have to take a warrior to stay competitive. You yeah. might do it because it fits your game plan of being a hyper-aggressive armoured infantry force and trading numbers for quality, but you don't have to do it. There's nothing forcing you to go that way. No. I think, with all these things, I think some variety is nice. I think as I think the only thing I'm conscious of is when we talked about it before, about things like the marksman coming in and and not spoiling, but changing the dynamic of forces so that they're all a bit more homogenous. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like the, this is going to necessarily do that. No. Cool. Shall we have uh, a look at officer answers then? Oh, yeah, we got lots. We got yeah, lots. lots. So, first question from Adrian Gibson. My group tried getting back into version 4 as it launched and felt underwhelmed, especially with the mini conversion book. Several of the group are clearly still interested, but unsure about spending money on the new rule books, D-Day books, etc. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the biggest improvements on Late War since the original version 4 release? I would say, number one, you don't need to buy the books. True. Mm-hmm. Just buy the cards. In, in all seriousness, right. if... Or, or yeah. you know, if they're getting into it, the the models obviously come with the right cards. You don't you don't need the book. Um, so that that's where I'd look at if you're an existing gamer and you've got some forces already. Yeah, I'd say buy the card pack, uh, and you... then probably forces of war list builder as well for a pound or a yeah. dollar or whatever it is. Yeah, for, to get the access to the list you think you want to play. Just make the yeah. army army creation a bit easier as well, because it's always easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest improvements on late war since the original version. See now, for me, the biggest improvement on version four was forgetting version three. And I I, I feel a lot of the first games I played of version four hadn't done that, and so it all felt a bit wonky and a bit weird because I was playing it with a version three mindset. Once I actually got into playing what the actual version four, it made a lot more sense um, in terms of the base game, in terms of the, the late war and the new list building, you kind of have to do the same thing again and kind of go, okay, so it's not just, you know, I've got, the core list from the books, if I just want 
or, or from the cards if I just want vanilla, you know, very easy to get accessible forces. And then the command cards allow me to pick and choose my level of, you know, variety. Either, yeah, variety, basically. You know, do I want some more of the. Oh, I think we lost you there already. Oh, oh come in. Do you want some more of the, th- the special, char- special characters and thematic stuff? Or do I want some more, you know, um, competitive, interesting cards that really tweak things? Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the biggest improvement is it's um, obviously the get you buy list were get you buy lists and some of the weighted things, so a little bit counterintuitive. It, it quite. It quite a lot of effort to play late war in version four with those get your buy lists. And I think now yeah. with the um, now everything that's been codified, it's all consi- it's relatively consistent in mm-hmm. itself. It's just a lot easier to do late war now. Yeah, I, th- I think the the get your buy lists were that they weren't ever going to be around forever. And if you're t- mm-hmm. trying to take your version three list and tweak it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't easy, was it? I mean, let's be honest. It was pretty hard to work out all the discounts you got for, like removing artillery teams, yeah. teams and all this kind of stuff. So I think it's definitely from a from a system point of view. I think version four is quicker. Yes. There's, there's less stuff uh, that you need to like. There's no more re-rolling, re-rolls, and all this kind of. Um, you know, long stuff that's going to take you a while to actually play, work your way through. I mean, we can get a game done, I think, in a couple of hours quite comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is fast-tracked, but uh, people will say it's not as crunchy. I think that's not necessarily true. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, creating... If you can get the, some cards, create some smaller point games and work your way through them, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. In all honesty. I think like, also... Also, the spending money aspect, the books are like £12 each at full retail. Like, you know, it's not a massive investment to, to be able to get what you need to start playing. No, if you've already got the figures already, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, if you've got the figures already, you could almost, you could almost do the Fortress Europe thing, right? And buy that book. Yeah, yeah. That, that does all four major nations for the late war. Just if you want to dip your toe in, that's probably the best way to do it. Just yes. get Fortress Europe. Share, share, amongst, share amongst yourselves. I mean, right the up. trouble with that is that you'll almost find it's almost obsolescent if you do want to go forward. Yeah. But if you split it between the three of you and it costs you a fiver each, um, yeah. can't say that really. <laughs> not really. I mean, if you if you get to a couple of games and you decide it's not for you. Then you've wasted, you know, two pound fifty a game. It's not, it's not the end of the world type thing. I don't think. No. I think most people will be pleasantly surprised if they come back into it now and look at the differences between yeah. those first couple of games and what the the game is grown into now. I think if you come with a positive mindset as well, um, massive. And then, yeah, you'll 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 be pretty pleased. I mean, it's not it. It is not V three. It's it's his own beast. It's it might use some of the same mechanics, but it's it's a different beast. Yeah. Cool. Sebastian Stottinger asks number one: 
Do you think that Checkpoint Charlie can provide new gameplay experiences compared to Fate of a Nation and Team Yankee version 2 other than a few new units? I th- I think it will. Purely because it will have that, that Fate of a Nation-esque thing where things are still a bit... Pants. Yeah. <laughs> For one of a better word, yeah. It's familiar, yeah. but different. Um, I, I just think that, that, yeah, stuff's going to be a bit rubbish and it's, the, it's therefore going to be interesting because it's, it's yeah. not high in kit. I, I quite like stuff being not as good as, you know, not the kind of Gucci stuff. Um, that's the attraction of early war, isn't it? You got all this weird stuff. Yeah. You, you get, you're going to have this transition gubbins as well between World War Two and the true Cold War. So you know, like Lee was saying earlier about the um, the T forty four. So yeah, yeah that, that's that's the true analog. But you also get some stuff like the Conqueror. Now I know we're not just talking. He he specifically said not just new units, right? So um, yeah, I, I think that's to me that's going to be the big thing is is actually those units. Um, but then think... also at the same time, Fate of a Nation and Team Yankee two. You know, it's going to be a mix between the two. You've got the same kit, yes, but you've got very different training and and ideologies of how you use it and unit sizes and and if anything, playing in Team Yankee has taught me that not being able to pick the ideal platoon size massively alters the viability of that particular unit and and the way that you have to approach and use them effectively changes the actual game a lot yeah i think like i said when we, we all like the old foan thing going on mm-hmm. um so if it's if it's even if it's the same as foan i'll be quite happy because obviously that's our um favorite our favorite version of flames war isn't a little skill sorry you're breaking up there mate yeah. Yeah, I can't hear him at all. Hello. Duncan. That's Hello. Good. That's, that's bad. Great. Yeah. Yeah, he dipped out there, mate. Sorry. Well, we were waiting for you to finish. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been speaking. Oh. Or maybe it's um, just Duncan's come back through then. But it sounded like oh. you were trying to talk. It was just breaking up. So that's why I started talking to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, t- Chairpoint Charlie will probably be worth it um if you like that kind of the thing it's trying to give you um but i definitely think it will be different game by gameplay um because don't forget they'll change the missions as well yeah. it will be That's know, true. even there'll be different bits and pieces released with each each bit hopefully um question number two from sebastian what is the fastest you've ever finished up an infantry base to tabletop standard wow uh, weeks. In, I think I've been so a single base. Um, a single base. Okay, so if I I did that German beach bomb platoon for the open day, and yes. I think I painted that in a total for the whole lot, which was you know command two platoons and the mortars, and I think it took me eight hours. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. But that that was cheating. So I base coated everything, um, 
did a small highlight and then I actually used Army Painter Quick Tone. Um, but that included all the basing and everything as well. Wow. But, so, you, Grenadier Grey Spray from, is that what it's called? I can't remember yeah. now. Um, yeah, for the base coat. So that gave me, you know, the, the basic colour on the, the troops. Um, picked everything out. Smashed it. Quick tone. Yeah. Nice. That's probably the quickest. And, and do you know what? Actually, um, I think they work reasonably well. I was surprised, actually. I surprised myself when I did them. Because I thought they were going to be a bit, you know, look at them and go, well, yeah. they're all right. But I can clearly tell that I haven't put the same amount of effort into them. Well, they'll, they'll bet the mine where I was so tired I picked up the wrong grey and painted them all the wrong shade of grey. <laughs> uh, you can't get the wrong shade of grey with the Germans. I know, I know. It wasn't what I wanted, though. <laughs> that way oh that's no that's worse that's worse yeah. than it being wrong is when you pick it up and go it's when you know it's wrong for what you well, yeah exactly it's not even that wrong it's just that's not what you want yeah of all the things i wanted that was not it so uh vincent jiffem jfm i think that's that's right uh any advice on how to this is probably going to be to lee so the opinion is about lee any advice on how to play his a historical but as competitive as possible, commando or or air landing list. Okay, so I think um, it's look at as a combined arm stages, like late, later stages of Normandy, like um, advanced to sign that kind of thing. And then you're having like a, a good formation of let's look at air landing first. So a good formation of like three or four infantry platoons, all with um, the extra piet. Preferably with gammon bombs, that come down to what points you have to spare. Um, then having support um, artillery from the form of the um, pack howitzers and six pounders in platoon, and then support that with a tank platoon of some sort, either the Cromwells represent six AIR or um, Sherman the platoon for the fifteenth, eighteenth, and that'll give you some a good bunch of options for both attacking and defending. And the, the actual British infantry are still deadly in the assault so um yeah they get afraid to stick in that's why i always go for the gammon bombs but i was i i had good fun with that list i ran against duncan our first game which was their um three platoons infantry i think there's three platoons infantry yep no two platoons infantry i think that one was um oh, no, it was yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. six pounders pack howitzers um sent, HMGs. No, sent, hmgs mortars mortars not pack howitzers and Centaurs and Shermans with the Firefly. And that was a good all-rounder list as well. But I think I mean, in hindsight, I prefer more infantry, just to get around it out a bit. I think that the important thing that the British get access to is just that mobile high, or just in general, that super high AT. That 17-pounder gives them so much. Yeah. Um, if you can get some of those in the list, just even if it's just two or three, it just gives you a point. Like, it's just a nightmare. Because nothing's safe. You can't really risk taking a couple of shots from those because they will punch through absolutely anything. Yes. And, that, and actually, the Centaurs, yeah, they were an interesting choice. I think we talked about them last time. but mm-hmm. um, I think they are pricey for what they do, but they are pretty. But they do give you some options on the actual flexibility, and they have that punch against infantry. I do notice there's no, centu- uh, sorry, no Churchills in that list, though, do they? Well, that's yeah, I'm trying historical. to stick to red to historical forces, but obviously, <laughs> it'd be pretty, the, the sickest thing would be to take three platoons of infantry, either command, well, let's go with commandos, three platoons of commandos, um, two of crocodiles, 
and a platoon of, the, and a platoon of Achilles for doing the anti-tank thing. And maybe then some sort of artillery just to round it out. With well, that's a, how you don't have friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that thing will just, you know, crunch through anything. Um, obviously, the, cent- the, the, the church gives you that um, unit can either flame, flame stuff or still have a 75mm pick off other tanks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Achilles is pretty brutal. So keep it back. And the commandos are the best assault infantry in the game. Well, they twos to hit, aren't they? Yeah. Oh. So, Joe Wright asks, will we, be, will we be doing any coverage for Battle Group Northag and associated releases? So, <laughs> yeah, in some form, what we, what I've been experimenting, it won't, we don't have the main nope. site um, too diluted by covering multiple games. But one of the I ideas mean, we've been talking about is having um, about a breakout assault plays size thing that covers all these different other games we're playing. That As I say, that's the thing is it's not a, it's not a secret we are we do play other stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we don't want it to be encroaching on this because this is a pure flames of war. Yeah. It's just it's just keep, keep it focused more. You think otherwise yeah. you, you never know what we're covering in oh, what's going to be on this podcast kind of thing. Is it worth me listening? Exactly. So, we will be we'll, we'll go find a way because we are doing these things. I want some sort of creative outlet to cover it. Uh, so I think I like the idea of a side site or a side Facebook um, page, which just covers, you know, like little bat reports, painting projects, that kind of thing, for all these different yeah. weird and wonderful things we're doing. William Wright. William White asks. Is considered oh. hoarding. Can you repeat that question? Which he replies, sorry, how many rolls of toilet paper is considered hoarding? Uh, more than nine. He says, just kidding. We all know it's one more than what you have. Um, <laughs> the real question is, what's your favourite British D-Day command card? The Yuki card and such. Hmm. Oh, come on. It's the bloody... Uh... Salt Bridge, yep. <laughs> Salt Bridge. Well, just because yep. of the flip side. Mm. I, I do like that mechanism. Just... Well, I, and it's a cool bridge. Do you, did you guys see the, the blog post they put up about the oh, guy yeah. scratch built his own bridges, but then that built like awesome. nine of them? <laughs> nine? Yeah, he went mad. He had a, a, like nine different bridges for his game he was playing. That's cool. And they would fold and hinge and have strings that pull them up and everything. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, assault bridge, best command card, just because it's assault bridge. A, a A is a really cool thing to have, and B the way they've done it with the flip side of the card being the bridge, so you don't have to worry about making a bridge if you didn't want to, and, and it you know that, that that's pretty cool. Um. Vincent Jiffermas again says, uh, what are your three favourite things and three less favourite things about the new D-Day British book? Ooh. Three, um, three I'm going to go... Yep. AVREs. Mm-hmm. The Assault Bridge. Aforementioned Assault Bridge. Um, 
and the fact that I can do an Italy Sherman Churchill list. Uh, sorry. Yeah, like... yeah, so my three likes are um, I like the fact I can use my Paris again, and they're actually put fairly points effective because of the whole um, not making them veterans in some ways. Um, I like the Cromwell's, the Cromwell platoon. I'm going to have some fun playing around that. And yeah, I'm going to go with the Avery's as well because the Avery's are always cool. Fair enough. Duncan? Uh, I, I don't play British. <laughs> oh, so you're so going to go to things I hate, the things you actually like, the things we like, probably, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I don't like 17 pounders. I don't like <laughs> Churchill's with flamethrowers. Uh, okay, what do you, what date do you like, um, Eddie? Um, I my less favourite things, to put it that way, yeah. uh, is the fact that there's no mounted bofers. Oh, the poor tea. The self mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and the challengers as well. Yeah, the, what, just general absence of a challenger. Well, the fact that I've got the models and now I'm going to be they're be, going to be sitting in the case kind of thing. No, they're not. They'll be they'll be Shermans with seventeen pounders on. No, I know, but it's not. That's not the challenger. I know, I know. Three and just as fast as a Cromwell. It's brutal. Yeah, it's not. It's not a deal breaker for us. Like, no, saying, just yeah. a less favourite thing. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So I think mine would be. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, one more. Sorry, yeah, one more, didn't you? Um, yeah, and I still haven't got my copy yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh really? Oh. oh. Um, I think mine would be no Tetrarch, which again is not yeah. a deal breaker. It's just one of these things. Um, I think I would prefer to see Desert Rats being true veteran but fragile rather than the no um, weird thing they are right now. And. Uh, it's, it's my pet hate with most of these books is the names used for formations being a bit weird. Like, why is the 50th called the Desert Rats instead of just being called the 50th? Yeah. And why, why are the independent brigades called D-Day tanks? Because that being D-Day, ta- uh, that being D-Day tanks. So, yeah. It's a little pet. It's a little pay. I've always had the yeah. slight simplification they have with these stuff. If those are the worst things we can think about the book, then they've done something pretty good, to be fair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Luke Daly says he forgot to ask last time, do we ever think Yugoslavia will ever get a place in Team Yankee slash Flames of York of War? Ooh. Yugoslavia. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, did, they, did you ever play the partisan rules in V3? At all? Because they're partisan yeah. rules, didn't they, for um, no. Eastern Front? No, because I, I, I could only think... You, I don't know how extensive Yugoslavia's involvement was. I mean, I know there was that whole, you know, war... But- Partisan War. Um, that could be quite cool, because there were some fairly relatively large-scale battles in that Partisan, yeah. Oh, they were huge. They had, they had whole divisional operations at, at some points. With, um, and that's that's where you get things like the Panzer III coming back in and being yeah. used. And you've got the, like, the SES and that, supporting them in that kind of thing, the later stages from Italy and that, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd never say never, but it certainly... I don't think it's appeared... I don't think they've appeared previously from memory. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't. I would say n- probably not for for flames, just based on precedent. Yeah, I think I think there's. You're not going to get everything, are you? I mean, they may well come back, and once they've completed everything this time around, filled out other little bits and pieces and niche things here. But unless you write it yourself, the real niche stuff, it's just not worth people's time and effort. 
Tito's partisans. Yeah. What, what about Team Yankee, Lee? Do, um, I don't know how, you know, ensconced in, in the Warsaw Pact they were. So they were, they were not really Warsaw Pact per se, because also there's a, there's a massive falling out um, the Stalinists versus the um, guys in Yugoslavia. And so they, they had like some really weird like uh, mix of um, mostly obviously Warsaw Pact get occasional like gazelles would occasionally appear and stuff like that. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yeah, because the French were, well, they were too fussed about who they sold to. Um, <laughs> they do appear in the background um, if you go with the Hackett's version in that um, Yugoslavia is one of the, one of the tipping points. So Battlefront haven't really mentioned that part of it. It always goes straight to the Iran-Iraq war side. Yeah. So I got a feeling, although there's some neat stuff there, it's probably just a bit too fringe. Would their equipment be massively different? Like Obviously you mentioned the gazelles, or would it still be mostly Soviet kit? I had to look it up. I think they had like um, yeah. a lot of like what you expect for the Soviet kit with the tanks. They had, so, they had quite a lot of indigenous stuff as well. Had, uh, hmm, okay, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff there. It's probably just a bit might just be a bit too, too fringe, really. I think the same thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Luke also asks. Uh, we clarified that last time he asked uh, for Soviet naval infantry, he meant Team Yankee, not Flames of War. Which I think was what we worked out. It was, yeah. yeah. It says, by the way, he's also been using the Polish rules for his Soviet naval infantry. Okay. Do you, the guys at Breakthrough Assault think it's okay? It's counting PT-76s as BPM1, BMP1s. Um, uh, and the infantry yeah. are getting Polish stats. Imagine the land base of Gansi. Been issuing them carnations as coastal artillery batteries had them. They've got Heinz with some men in them. And these are naval spets now. I mean, like, dude, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's always knock yourself out kind of thing, yes. Yeah. I'd even say at that point, if you're looking at that kind of stuff, there's no reason why you can just take the PT-76 points from Fate of a Nation. They're, they're a point each. Like, just take the stats. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> in some ways, you're doing yourself out with the gun, because the, gun, the gun's arguably a bit better on the um, PT-76. Um, but obviously, you lose a missile attack. You do. Yeah, I know. As I think he says, some of them were retrofit with missile systems. So. Yes, they were. But like I say, yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah, I, I, it's the same armor. It's the same. Using using the like BMP one stats is not going to be mass a million miles away. It's just guns are a bit slower firing when you probably want it to be. I mean, the other thing that actually weirdly between this this episode and the last one that's changed is obviously that that leaked quote unquote um, US stuff does probably put some more um, hope into lighter armed forces. Yeah, but uh, Warsaw Pat, Pat players know, know not to take any hope. <laughs> Whatever. For what the NATO get, yeah. yeah. Can we have our ear in now, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, he's off. Um, so, uh, but I, I, using the polls is, is, is a very good template. Um, I think the only thing I'd probably say is that there's no real reason the, the uh, naval infantry should be more skilled than say Afghanistan kind of thing but it, it, as a way of doing it it's yeah that's the way I'd do it frankly I'd use a firm Polish stats because like I say a lot of the kits could be the same T55s you, you're missing out on the on the first active defense system which is on the which um, naval infantry had in their T55s to shoot down incoming missiles oh. um, but there's a, re- there's a reason they then dropped it for era later but um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad way of doing it. It's probably the only way of really doing it and getting a, a decent kind of, here's all the kit, here's a, a, a force that plays roughly the same 
Obviously, Afghanistan are tied to their helicopters, which doesn't help. Yeah. Cool. And the final question then from Mike Everest is possibly the best question we've ever received. Who would win in a fight? Douglas Haig riding a horse with a lance or Adolf Hitler with a broom-handled Mauser getting a piggyback from Hermann Goering in his huskier days? The battlefield is Arras in 1917. Hitler's player has not yet finished painting him. Haig is fully painted, but with the caveat that he was only just finished before the game, so therefore has new painted model syndrome. Discuss. So, firstly, hello to Mike, who was um, probably paying me back for the times who was um, all on the Watchtower podcast where I used to throw this kind of stuff in against him and Matt. Um... I'm going to ask a first. We're going to make some assumptions. First, we've got to assume that somehow the horse is holding, has worked out how to hold the lance out and the opposable thumbs. That's great. <laughs> um, we're going to assume that the broom handle Mauser Hitler has is the carbine version, so he's got the little um, stock on there and the snail mag. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've got to consider this in the standard um, mobility armor lethality configuration. So. Hitler obviously has a, a, a range advantage over the, over the lance. Yes. He's probably got protection advantages because um, obviously he's probably piggyback, so he's got the mass of the rider in front of him, which obviously oh, hold, hold on. horse. Just roll back a second. Are you saying Hermann Goering, in his portlier days, is a more stable platform than a horse? No, we're just, that's the mobility. We're going to get to mobility next. No, no, no. I'm talking about <laughs> stability. I'm talking about how stable oh, a gun platform we're doing. Yeah, so you've already got the range advantages of trying to use it. That's, that's, a, that's a good point there. So yeah. maybe maybe it's a bus. Obviously, the lance, you know, you've just got to get close enough to use it. Exactly, yeah. Maybe that's, you know, typical German, over-engineered uh, thought process. Yeah. And also, look at, so, Ara, so you know, you're looking at a fairly broken ground here. Now, yeah. and Fatty Goring is, is going to be, is, <laughs> it's probably not got the greatest ground pressure before you put even even the fairly um, drug-wasted version of Hitler upon him. That's a, that's a very good point. We haven't classified at what point. Are we talking shaky hands, Hitler? Or are we talking, you know... Uh, exactly. Yeah, so, so. Are we talking corporal Hitler? Obviously, you might be, yeah. we might be actually dealing in period with this. In which well, case, that's it. Goring's also a yeah. bit sprightlier because he's obviously in his fighter race days. So... So, go go back. So we're we're saying Hitler's got a range advantage, yep. although we're not necessarily sure that that's tactically sound because it might not be he can actually land a blow with the pistol. Yep. Um, what's the next category? Um, so survivability is either equal or Hitler's a slight advantage by being piggybacked. So Goring takes a blow first. Is is the horse wearing a gas mask? I think we have to assume it is. Could it be completely okay. cool if he was. Yeah, I was going to say, because that, that, that puts it in advantage in terms of survivability as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and then mobility, horse over broken ground versus fatty curing. I think it's got to be the horse. <laughs> got to be the horse. Is it the horse, though, from the War Horse? horse? Yeah. So, um, so based on that criteria, three, two out of three? Yeah, I think it's got to go Haig. It's got to go Haig. But uh, what about the pain model syndrome? Oh. oh. Oh, that's a good point, yes. Yeah. So it's... Hitler's unpainted. Haig is freshly painted, but has is his first game whilst being painted. Yeah. Even first game syndrome, you're always going to win against unpainted figures. I'm not sure. I, I think I think statistics hates freshly painted infantry more than it hates unpainted troops. Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I, unpainted I, I, 
do you really go up until the point you paint them? See, I, I for me, uh, it's a non-contest because if it's not painted, it's not on a tabletop. So, oh, I would declare it moot at that point because, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not making yeah. an appearance. So, <laughs> it's not war machine for God's sake. I mean, come on. Hague deploys to the board. There is no opposition. Yep. Hague saunters over and captures the objective. But it still takes nine months and loses half his troops doing it. Correct, yes. Well, yeah, because the, ba- the objectives aren't live until nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, the you know Hitler doesn't have to take a break test because he's taking no casualties. So he's still in good spirits. Oh, that's true. It's despite, just... not having, <laughs> despite not having any units on the board. Despite being a broken man. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So Haig wins through through sheer paintedness. Yep. His ability to turn up with a fresh lick of paint. Yeah. And if that's not a message to all of us, all of us during these yeah. dark days, I don't know what it is. So there you are. If you want more in-depth in-depth analysis, and obviously send your next questions, and we put a next shout out on the Facebook post, and we'll endeavour to answer them, no matter yep. how um, obscure you are. obscure we <laughs> are. I think we've classically proven that we will have a discussion and an argument about literally anything at this point. <laughs> so, is oh, broccoli a vegetable? I don't know. I haven't seen it in months. <laughs> Oh, it's like to do with the virus. It's like, yeah, it's broccoli. Green. Oh, you could, yes. Well, yeah. it could be worse. It could be a Brussels sprout. We're not allowed them anymore. No? No, 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 no. We voted out of Brussels. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right. Shoot and scoot time, boys. I can't uh, events. Events. Got the events. Oh, events. What oh, events? Oh. Been That's, it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. The nice <sighs> events. Don't go to events because you shouldn't be at the moment. We'll let you know when they come back online. Be socially responsible and just wait this out and we'll all get back into it. Yes, for the love of God, please. Otherwise, it will just take longer and I'll run out of pain. Get very do, we sad. Need, do we need to put a shout out about washing hands as well? Because, I mean, deodorant's not exactly per- pervasive, so... <laughs> I went to the shop today and as I came out, no, 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 I, I had I lucky I bought some hand sanitizer from my last trip overseas, so I had a bit left. And yep. Sanitized my hand and looked at my thumb and went, "Why is my thumb now an off shade of brown?" And I started to freak out that my hand was. I picked up some weird unrelated disease, and then obviously I remembered that earlier I was spraying the uh, Soviet infantry with the brown was spray. It, was it famine fur? It was, it was, yeah, it was just, it was just fur brown spray on my thumb now. That's what it was. <laughs> so you're turning to a scaven. Oh my God. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the next stage. That's what the, the government aren't telling us. On that note, can we shoot and skeet, boys? Yes. Okay. He's got the dice. Uh, I need to get dice. Sorry, yes. We need one of our Dice of War approved dice. So I'm going to get the dice tin. I'm going to open it up. And we're going to have... How is that? Um, so, <laughs> right, so I'm guessing it's a Luft, it's Luftwaffe. It looks like it's maybe it's like an eagle with a di- sit on top of a diamond. It's a diving eagle. So I'm guessing it's one of the Luftwaffe. That's uh, Fulshmiega, I believe. Fulshmiega. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they got they they're, they're, they're um, veteran, aren't they? Oh, totally. Well, what, at what point? No, no. What point? I don't know. So it's, uh, only work. So it's, it's like I say, it's a, it's a it's an eagle on top of a diamond. I'm trying to work out which unit that is. Uh, let's just grab. Eagle on top. Got to be veteran. because yeah, obviously the old um, first ring had two lists, didn't they? They had well, and they had green um, in what do you call it? The later ones. Yeah, that was a, that was a great sentence there, by the way. I'm just oh, to, to, to tell me, right? I think we have to see. I think I have to assume it's veteran. I'll look at later. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. It's the, be apart from the Brits. Someone's going to tell me when, I, when we put this up what the unit is before I actually find out before I actually post it up. Okay, so veteran. So one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> see, we we made a mistake there. We should have done what we always do: roll yeah, the dice and see if it matters. See if it matters. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a six, doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a one. Uh, doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, the Armored Train Wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shooting Scoop, the Blades of War podcast from the team of Breakthrough Assault at Code UK. It was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and enough hobby time to remove all of the excuses not to have a painted army. Oh, lost you there a minute, Eddie. Oh, I said just like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you just like Hitler? I don't think you should be putting that on, on you know, any yeah, kind of medium that's recorded. There's a, there's a hidden, tr- hidden track for this episode. <laughs> <laughs>